Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Jeff Heiken here on Amazing Business Radio. Great to be back, and we have another great episode. We're going to be talking with Jeff Lesser, who is the Senior Product Marketing Manager at Twitter. And you'll find out in just a little while more about what Jeff's been doing in that world of customer service and how Twitter is becoming a viable channel. Um, I was at the social media marketing world, and uh, we'll talk probably a little bit more about that in the interview when we talk with Jeff. And Jeff did a phenomenal presentation on how to use Twitter for customer service. There were some really interesting things. First of all, any type of social media channel on customer service is very important to consider. Companies ask me all the time, hey, can you tell me which channel should we spend most of our time and effort on becoming good at? And I say, well, where are your customers? If your customers are on that channel, and I'm not talking about one outlier who's you know on some new crazy technology channel or whatever i'm talking about the main ones uh you know your 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 twitters your facebooks uh uh you know where people are able to leave messages and share information it could even be a social feedback channel like yelp uh if you are not monitoring those channels and listening and watching for your customers reviews comments complaints uh questions that they have problems that they need resolving and by the way not all of this is negative it's any interaction that you have the opportunity to jump on with a customer you need to grab it but specifically uh, as it applies to twitter and customer service just some really interesting stats and facts that you're going to learn about from jeff i plan on asking him some questions but one of the most important things that i recognize and why we're having this episode today is that companies that use Twitter as a social care channel are seeing a 19% increase in customer satisfaction. Think about that. Uh, Using a social channel. Who would have thought that 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that we would be saying, hey, we don't even get on the phone anymore to talk to somebody uh, about a problem that we're having. We can just tweet it out. And uh, ideally, you would want a direct message in, in any format. If you have an opportunity to directly interact with the company, it's a quicker way in sometimes than using the telephone. Um, I know that I've talked about this before. We'll probably talk about it again in the interview. Uh, my experience with the airlines, when I have a problem, I will direct message them and the response is usually much quicker than if I went on the phone and, you know, there's a long hold time because perhaps the reason I'm trying to reach out to them is because there's a problem, a storm, bad weather. Uh, maybe it's a mechanical that I'm experiencing. So, uh, But when I tweet out to the airlines, they typically get back to me pretty quickly. I know that some companies out there have a goal of responding on any social media channel in under five minutes. That's impressive compared to others. And if you look at the stats and facts, sometimes it's hours. And, and, and by the way, uh, the reason that number gets so high is because there are some companies that just skew the results that might wait three and four days if they even respond back at all, which just completely blows my mind. All right, let's take a really quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to be talking with Jeff Lesser about how to use Twitter for customer service. 
Shep Hyken here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.sheponddemand.com. Once again, that's sheponddemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and I am excited because Jeff Lesser from Twitter is going to be with us and share his wisdom about how Twitter is an actual viable and very deliberate customer service channel that companies should be using. So Jeff is a senior product manager, uh, excuse me, senior product marketing manager at Twitter, and he's responsible for the customer service initiative that they're doing. Now, when he's going beyond the 140 characters that Twitter likes to contain us to, uh, Jeff likes to snowboard, bike, listen to music, and this is his favorite thing, try new beers and whiskey. And I know that firsthand because I met Jeff in San Diego at Social Media Marketing World, and I met him while he was drinking both beer and whiskey together. Jeff, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Chef. It should be noted that it wasn't beer and whiskey in the same glass. They, they were separated, but they, I was drinking both that night. I know, I know. That was a fun night. And, uh, you know, I had no idea who you were, what you did. You were just hanging out with this group. Uh, and, uh, you know, Dan Gingas, who will eventually be on the show as well, who's uh, a great uh, proponent of, of social customer care and customer service. And I met Dan back when he was working with Discover, and we were on a panel together. And, and so uh, we're having dinner. And social media marketing world, if anybody does anything in the world of social media marketing, they should be there. But this isn't about their conference. This is about Twitter. And uh, tell us a little bit of your background and how you got into working with Twitter, how long you've been there, and what you do. Sure. So I actually joined Twitter through an acquisition about two years ago, uh, two years ago in a month, uh, almost to the date. Uh, and I worked for a startup called Gannett. We were Twitter's data sellers. So if uh, an analytics company wanted to get Twitter data in order to create some insights for brands, they would get their data through Gannip. Uh, Twitter decided that they wanted to bring that in-house, and so they acquired Gannip. And then after the acquisition, our team was sort of given liberty to decide and figure out what could be a next thing for Twitter to go do and to put our resources into. And very quickly, we realized that customer service was a use case on our platform that our users had been doing for eight-plus years, and we had really done nothing to improve the ability of businesses to help them. Uh, and for users to get the you know resolutions that they needed on Twitter. And so um, shortly after that acquisition, so almost two years now, uh, we've been focused on you know making Twitter a much better uh, platform for businesses and users to connect. Right. So this is much more than a company just monitoring social media channels and specifically Twitter, to see what customers are saying or commenting or complaining or asking for help on. This is a deliberate effort with specific extra tools that companies can use to support their customers. Yeah, so what we found when we looked at the customer service use case on Twitter is that there were many businesses who were doing a really great job of helping their customers get resolutions to their problems, not just watching what the problems were, but helping them solve their problems. And that they used these tools 
uh, because you know we as Twitter really hadn't done anything to help them. And so there was a number of tools that had sprung up like Sprout Social and Sprinkler and Spreadfast and Salesforce and Hootsuite and Lithium and Converse Social. Um, and they use these tools to, to monitor the conversation, engage in um, an interaction with them, and then close it out once you know everything was resolved. Uh, essentially, turning you know Twitter into um, a type of channel that they that businesses are used to when they're doing customer service. Uh, and so, what we realized was you know there was lots of things that we could do to help those tools, help businesses, help their users. Um, and so, part of that was giving them new data. Part of that's creating new features on the Twitter app itself so that when businesses and users connect, it's more seamless and more easy. Uh, and we have a lot more to do there uh, that we'll be working on in the coming years. So what makes Twitter unique when it comes to customer service? I think what makes Twitter really unique that like no other customer service channel has is that it's public. Uh, and I'll talk about a few other things that make it unique as well. But like the main thing is that Twitter is public. And that's really important because, one, it gives power to people. Um, for decades, customer service has been done in the dark. And if you didn't have a great experience and if they didn't help you, you could maybe go and tell a few of your friends about it. And, you know, that's, that's the end of the story, right? People didn't have the power to get their message heard far and wide that they weren't getting the customer service that they needed. And, and Twitter, you know, holds brands accountable to giving – um, the customers a resolution and creating a great experience. It also provides businesses amazing benefits because it's public. So when you do create these great experiences, when you do help your customers, for the first time ever, it's marketing that you're a business that cares about your customers. You don't have to do anything extra other than do customer service like you normally would. Help your customer, you know, resolve their problem, answer their question, whatever it may be. And for the first time ever, millions of people, hundreds of millions of people have the opportunity to see your interactions and that you care about your customers. Right. Our friend Jay but Bear uh, calls uh, customer service and social media a spectator sport. Oh, it's 100% a spectator <laughs> sport. Many people use the phrase one-to-one to many, uh, which I think correctly articulates the, you know, the opportunity for both sides um, in doing customer service in public. Right. I mean, if a company responds quickly and they see good, positive interaction, uh, I think a couple of things. Number one, uh, it, you know, people say, hey, companies aren't flawless. No one is. And here we see a wound, but now we see how a company comes in to, you know, repair the problem or, or you, know, uh, you know, help the customer and fix that wound. And uh, anyway, we could go through the process in just a few minutes, but I don't want to stop you. You're on this. You're, you're, you're flowing here with good information. Yeah, so some of the other things that make Twitter a unique uh, place to do customer service, um, besides that it's public, I think that it's real-time is also a really unique aspect of Twitter. For, for customers who have ever you know, waited on hold for 40 minutes to get help from a brand when, when they needed it, the ability to get real-time help is, is really powerful. Uh, and we have really amazing stats around you know, the faster that uh, a brand or a business can respond to a user the higher the willingness to pay and the higher the satisfaction of that user is. Um, so the real-time aspect and the real-time expectation of Twitter, I think, is, is what makes it a really unique channel and something that businesses need to be cognizant about. Um, in addition to public and real-time, it's also conversational, which I think adds power in a number of ways. One is that 
you don't have to know a special email address or a special phone number to get in touch with a brand. You really just need to say their name on Twitter and, and you know, at mention their Twitter handle. And uh, that's all you need to do to get a response. The other thing is that businesses don't always have to be the one that responds and solves the problems. We see companies like Google who uh, are setting up ways with which their experts in the community on Twitter can be the one to resolve the problem instead of uh, the business having to respond and resolve every single mention uh, every single time. Wow. So and then the last thing, oh, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. You're good. Cool. The last thing is that it's distributed. So when you create these really amazing interactions, um, news, art, news outlets and blogs can pick up your content and embed it into their websites and their blogs so that millions more outside of the walls of Twitter can see those interactions. Uh, and we've seen brands like Spotify receive amazing press and amazing um, uh, distribution because uh, the, the content on Twitter is able to be put on you know, these properties outside of Twitter. Right. I mean, somebody will snap a picture or uh, uh, grab the image of the actual Twitter post and put it right into the middle of a blog or an article. And, uh, hey, I'm guilty as charged on that one. Uh, I've done it. So, you know, I can attest to that. I want to get back to the fast response and the real-time comment because I think uh, if you're going to use any social media channel, especially Twitter, I think that, that response time is of the utmost importance. And there are some stats and facts that, that pretty much say, you know, uh, it, it's almost abysmal on an average basis, but obviously the great companies have excelled and stand out in it. Do you know what some uh, average stats and facts are? on response times? Yeah, so um, we did a study around airlines recently, and we looked at um, you know how quick an airline responds and what that means in terms of the satisfaction and the willingness to pay um, for, for quick response times. So uh, just getting a response um, makes a person more likely to spend uh, with you. So. Um, when a customer tweeted a complaint or a question to an airline and they received a response, they're willing to pay almost $9 more on average for that airline, you know, for the same ticket next time. Um, but when you consider time as a factor into that, you can really see how time plays into their willingness to pay. So if the user um, received a response in 67 minutes or more, they were willing to pay $2 more instead of $9 more. But if they received a response in under six minutes, they were willing to spend $20 more instead of $9 more. So, you know, the faster you can respond, the more likely they are to be satisfied, the higher their willingness to spend is. Um, and it, when it comes down to average response times on Twitter, the average response time for a brand uh, is about one hour and 30 minutes. Mm. I don't think that's very good. I mean, I don't think so either. Yeah, yeah. If I wanted my question or my problem resolved in an hour and 30 minutes, I would probably wait about an hour and 30 minutes to ask the question. <laughs> yeah. And, you, you know, you might want to call in. You might want to find other ways to connect. I think what we've found is that um, there are certain brands who are really great about spawn, responding really fast, and then there are ones who are not great, and they respond really slow. And so that average of an hour and 30 minutes is not really an indicative um, example of how long you're going to wait. Uh, I know brands who have SLAs of under 6 minutes and under 15 minutes for their response time. Right, right. And so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to tell you my story about my airline who took great care of me in under 6 minutes. 
This is Chef Hyken. We're talking with Jeff Lesser. You've been listening to Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Doesn't everyone love Disney? I know I do. And I also love a great book. And Lessons from the Mouse by Dennis Snow is an excellent book. Dennis shares 10 practical principles from Disney and entertains as he educates. So check out Dennis Snow's book on Amazon.com. Once again, it's titled Lessons from the Mouse, a guide for applying Disney World's secrets of success to your organization, your career, and your life. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Jeff Lesser, the senior product marketing manager over at Twitter, who is responsible for leading the customer service initiative. And we were talking about response times, and specifically we were talking about uh, response times for the airline industry. And I've got to share my story. And I won't tell you the name of the airline, but their initials are AA for Anonymous Airlines or American Airlines, depending on if you know them. But here's what happened. American Airlines, I'm flying around, and of course I'm on the internet, and I'm flying into Dallas where I'm going to change planes to get to my flight to St. Louis where I live, and there's bad weather, and we're circling the airport, and I'm on the internet looking at the different flights, and the captain comes on and says, hey, everybody, we're going to be delayed on the landing because of weather, uh, but don't worry, every other flight's going to be delayed as well. That was true except for one flight, and that was the flight that I was connecting on to get home. Apparently, that one was on the ground ready to take off on time. So I quickly direct messaged American Airlines, and I gave them my frequent flyer number and told them that I'm circling the Dallas airport. I'm going to miss my connection. Can they help? And I'm going to say within a matter of three or four minutes, I get a response back. You have been protected on the next flight. Here is the information. Wow. That's the way it should be done. That's amazing. And I think what's really cool about that is um, American Airlines has their profile set up so that anyone can DM them. You don't have, you know, there used to be this follow relationship that had to happen and it was kind of confusing. And now they've set it up so that anyone can send them a direct message just through a setting in their profile, um, which enables you to get the help that you need, you know, by sending them your, you know, your, your personal information through direct messages that you wouldn't want to send in a public tweet. So this is great. So, so the other day I, I, I landed in Las Vegas and I went to the conference hotel that I was uh, going to be uh, working at and I walked in, and the line was ridiculously long. And the person at the end of the line uh, who worked at the hotel said it would be 45 minutes at least before I could check in. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I've got to get to a meeting, and they're going to make me wait 45 minutes. So I went, and on, on my, I pulled out my, my smartphone, which is really smart, but I actually think it's really smart because it's, they shouldn't call it a phone I hardly ever use the phone for the phone compared to what I use it for with everything else, right? So I pull out the, the smartphone. I go to my Twitter app, and I DM. But first, I followed uh, the hotel. And you're telling me that American Airlines and any other company can have a setting that will eliminate the need for a follow. That's correct, yeah. And actually, um the, the follow relationship is quite confusing, and so we want to kind of remove that paradigm. And it, it seems really natural that businesses would want people to be able to connect with them. Um, and so there's a setting. Anyone can set it. I have mine uh, turned off, so if anyone wants to send me a DM at Jeff Lesser, uh, you can do that. 
Um, I guess I should say I have the setting turned on. Um, but yeah, anyone can send me a DM and any business can also change the setting so that any of their customers can DM them and get the help that they need in private. Um, just because what we found is lots of, lots of real resolution happens in direct messages, you know, whether the problem's really complex and they need more than 140 characters, uh, where DMs allow 10,000 characters, or they need to relay some private information, like I said, that you don't want publicly tweeted out to the entire world. Um, so we want to make it really easy for, for people to get into DMs, for businesses and users to connect in DMs uh, and solve problems there. Wow. So the first thing everybody should do who's listening to this is go into your settings and turn off the requirement to follow you in order to direct message you so that somebody can jump on with one less step. And the idea of you can eliminate a step, you've just made it easier, less friction. Number two, you're not limited to 140 characters in a direct message. You could do up to 10,000. That's a lot of characters. And uh, I do have to tell you the end of my story with the hotel. Halfway through the line, I direct message them again. Hello, I'm waiting. And in the process, I had spoken to a manager. I said, does this happen often? He says, yeah, it happens. We have conferences here all the time, and there's 2,000 people checking in today. I, I, and I thought to myself, that's not the answer I wanted to hear. This happens all the time <laughs> means this bad stuff happens all the time. And uh, at the very end, uh, by the time I did get there, it was 46 minutes. So the woman was pre- uh, who helped me at the beginning and told me it was going to be 45 was fairly accurate. And uh, guess what? I am still waiting for them to respond. And uh, you know what? I, I, I'm not one to talk poorly about a company publicly, and I won't do it here either. But I am frustrated with them and uh, maybe have to let them know exactly how I feel. But uh, anyway, so back to the, uh, the whole concept of Twitter. Great concept. Uh, who's doing this really, really well? We just mentioned American Airlines. Who are the other great companies that are just great at responding and working with customers in Twitter? Yeah, so I think there's a bunch of companies who do really great customer service on Twitter. And I think each one has kind of like their unique spin on it that, you know, enables them to have their own cool story. So one of the companies that I love to talk about who does customer service on Twitter really well is Spotify. They have this philosophy that drives their entire interactions with their customers and and that philosophy they call positive active and what they mean by that is like sometimes people will be really negative um believe it or not you know people on the internet can sometimes be uh, negative people but spotify wants to always be positive so every time that someone writes them they're going to respond with a positive demeanor no matter how much they cuss no matter how negative they are no matter what they say they're always going to be positive And the other part of that is active. So they're always going to try and get to a resolution. Um, One of my favorite stories about Spotify is there's this woman uh, who reaches out to them, um, and she's not happy because the app is freezing and they don't have the Joan Jett songs that she wants. And she's really angry, and I'm I'm sure you've all seen tweets like this before. Um, So Spotify responds, and they're really positive, but she persists with these really negative, angry tweets. Um, but regardless, Spotify stays active, keeps trying to resolve her problem, and they're really positive. So after a bit of a back and forth, uh, at the very end of it, she says, I love you, Spotify. And that was despite uh, cursing and at one point in the conversation saying, you'll never undo the damage you did. Um, so at the end of the conversation, she says, I love you, Spotify, and they've turned her from someone who's really unhappy into an advocate. But I think what's really amazing about this example and their philosophy is that they never fixed her problem. 
Like in the whole conversation, they never made the app unfreeze. They never uploaded Joan Jet songs to their service. Um, but by just staying positive and by staying active, they were able to turn her into an advocate. Um, so I really love Spotify and, and the way that they think about doing customer service on Twitter. So that's a great another story. One, yeah. and, and we'll get yeah. to another one or two in just a minute. But I think that that's an important concept is the fact that Spotify was willing to engage. Uh, even if they couldn't resolve the issue, it, it raises a confidence level. It raises the likability level. It shows at least there's caring and empathy on behalf of Spotify. And sometimes that's all that it takes. Is it, when, when a customer says, you know what, they're hearing me. I, obviously, there's nothing they can do about it, and it's out of their control. But you know what, I just really appreciate that they are taking the time to engage with me. You know what, they win. It's great. And by the way, it's not win or lose. Everybody wins at that point because they, you know, it, it started out to be a losing proposition for Spotify. You know, angry customer, uh, publicly angry customer. And look how they turned that rant into a rave. So go ahead. You had some others you wanted to share. Yeah, I think, you know, that one's kind of unique uh, in their ability to, to have this philosophy that drives everything they do. You know, I think not every business is, is that sophisticated yet. Um, but I think there's, you know, some sort of customer service best practices that can be applied to Twitter. So I like to talk about KOM as someone who's doing customer service on Twitter really well. Uh, they're 24-7 customer service, which I think for an airline makes a lot of sense, right? Like Spotify might not need to be 24 hours a day, uh, but for KOM, that's, you know, critical. People are flying at all hours of the day. Right. Uh, they also do customer service in 13 languages. So they know that they've got an international customer base that speaks all kinds of different languages, and they've set up their Twitter team to respond in 13 different languages. Um, but they also try to like set the expectation for their customers. So one thing that they do that's really innovative is that on their header image on their Twitter profile, they will tell you how long the expected wait time is until you'll receive a response from them. Um, so when it's really busy, it's up to like 40 minutes sometimes. And you know when it's a normal... Um, a normal volume for them. They're you know usually around five to ten minutes as the expected response time. Wow! And they just go on and they change it on their page, which uh, it's not yeah, hard they, to change the profile uh, image, but that's pretty interesting. Yeah, they set it up so it happens automatically, um, and it updates every five minutes. Wow! Impressive, very impressive. So I know that uh, obviously when there's problems, uh, that that was. Um, you always, you know, there's a heightened number of people that are calling, tweeting, whatever. I mean, I, that's one of the frustrating things of anything related to the airlines. And, you know, here we are. We're talk, we talked about American Airlines. Now we're talking about KLM. You know, uh, there's a great story. I don't remember all the details. You might be able – I don't know if you were the one who told the story or not. But with KLM, uh, do you remember it was about two years ago, maybe three years ago, a volcano erupted and the – ash and dust and the, it got so dark that planes basically throughout all of Europe could not fly. Uh, did you tell that story or was that someone else? I don't think I've told you that story, but I do remember that event happening. Uh, and I've talked to KLM about that event. And um, what they were saying is that that was the, the most difficult experience that they've had as an airline yet, because essentially every single person who was flying, you know, on every single one of their flights, uh, was trying to reach out to them all at exactly the same time. Right, right. And at that point in time, KLM made a, a very important decision. 
And that decision was, we are going to take care of every customer or passenger that calls us. And they took people who are normally uh, at, a, at a gate as a gate agent, and they said, you're coming in, and you're going to man the phones, and we're going to get through this. And sure enough, 24-7, and it was uh, a decision that I think really put them on the map for being really – I mean, they, they had a good reputation before, but they raised the reputation. They raised – their confidence level with their customers because they knew we are going to respond to every single request. And now with with Twitter, I think that it becomes even quicker. Uh, Interesting, you don't have to wait on the phone. All you got to do is wait for the tweet to come through. And once that happens, the dialogue starts, uh, be it a text dialogue. And by the way, I want to, and I know we're starting to run out of time, and you may have another company or two, but I want to move into something. Some of, of these companies have a robotic response system and, uh, or a bot, as it's called. There's a danger to that, and that is so many of the responses appear when you watch them and look at them because, again, it's a very public forum. You'll start to see similar responses, very dangerous because people recognize right away they're not dealing with a human being. Is that right? Yeah, so I think that um – you know, we've done a bunch of surveying of our users and found that a lot of the reasons that they have great satisfaction with their experiences on Twitter is because the person that they're dealing with is really friendly and they're personal and they're empathetic. And, you know, all of these things lead to higher satisfaction, higher recommendation, more users feeling like they've reached a resolution. Um, and so the human aspect of Twitter is actually a big differentiator from, you know, calling and getting an IVR or, um, sending an email and just getting an automated response back. So I, I think that there are some things uh, in resolving customers' problems on Twitter that could be automated, um, you know, some of the repetitive tasks, some of the information exchange. But really, you know, no customer has ever reached out to a business and said, no, I don't want to talk to a human. Just give me the robot. Just right, the right. And, um, and some of the robots no are so good, by the way, that you don't know that you're talking to a robot, which, by the way, is fine when you've created that good of a system. And at some point it could yeah. flip over to a human because the robot recognizes when it's time to do that. Yeah. I, I've yet to see a, ro- you know, a bot system that's really, really good at that. Um, you know, most of the time you can either tell it's a bot or ideally, you know, the business might say, hey, I'm a bot that's going to help you. This is what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to pass you off to a human who's going to ha- actually help you resolve your problem. Um, so I think there are those like repetitive tasks where, you know, a bot or some sort of automation can help out. But, you know, like I said, no users ever asked uh, to bypass the, I know. the human. I just want to talk to, to the robot. The robot's more friendly right. than you are. Okay. <laughs> so the robot's going to solve my problem. Right. In your presentation um, at Social Media uh, Marketing World, you actually specifically said, as you were talking about various points on how to engage the customer, you said use the customer's name, not just their Twitter handle, which I think is great, and it, and it allows to lend itself uh, to the more human side. And the other thing is let the person, let the customer know who you are. Hi, my name is Shep. Hi, my name is Jeff, and uh, I'm here to help you. And I think that humanizes it to a degree. Yeah. So what we found is that personalizing the interaction is really meaningful for um, both satisfaction and recommendation. Um, And customers that have some sort of personalized interaction 
are 19% more, more likely to feel like they've reached a resolution and 22% more likely to be satisfied than those who had interactions that they deemed impersonal. And so some of the best practices around being personal are to use the person's real name, which we know is not possible every time on Twitter. You know, some people have uh, anonymity with their profile. Um, but me, for example, you know, my name's Jeff Lesser. I put that right front and forward on Twitter. And so if I'm engaging with you as a business and you say to me, hey, Jeff, I'm here to help you today, that feels very personal to me. Right. Um, and the other side of that is, you know, having your agent sign their name so that they feel like they're dealing with a human. Well, hey, we're starting to uh, run out of time, and I just want to emphasize something that you had a fascinating stat. People need to understand, you know, a, a companies are thinking, I've got to monitor all these channels. It's really expensive. Well, you know what? It's really expensive not to monitor the channels. Number one, uh, if somebody out there is complaining and you're not responding, you're going to lose that customer. But this is, if you look at the money side of it, you had an interesting stat. You said, Twitter is a revenue winner. I wrote this down. The average cost of a Twitter response is a dollar versus the average cost of interacting with a customer through the traditional call center, which is $6. Any comment yeah, there? Yeah, so essentially, totally. Uh, essentially, any person that you can transition away from calling you to reaching out to you on Twitter, you're going to save $5. And when you think about the scale of some of these companies and their call centers, that adds up really quickly. Um, millions. I it could be know, in the millions of dollars. Oh, tens of millions easily. I know that Frontier Airlines um, got rid of their 1-800 number, uh, which saved them $2 million a year. So unfortunately, they, they're unloading that cost onto the people who are calling them. But just the, just the access of a 1-800 number cost Frontier Airlines $2 million a year. Um, but back to the you know the one dollar on Twitter versus six dollars in the call center. That that was actually created by uh, a joint project with McKinsey and Nielsen, uh, and and they were the ones who found that you know it's just substantially more cost effective to resolve someone's issue on Twitter than it is through the call center. And a big part of that is because in the call center, an agent can only handle one call at a time, but on Twitter, you can have you know eight to twelve simultaneous conversations happening at once and jump between them as, you know, the person writes you back and you need to respond to them. Wow, wow. Well, Jeff, as we start to wrap up, any final words or comments you want to share with us? I think one thing that, you know, i just like to impart on, on your listeners who I know are, you know, uh, by the fact that they're listening to your podcast, they're very sophisticated, is that, you know, customer service on Twitter is a, a huge opportunity we see that not only is it cheaper, but there's a great opportunity for uh, revenue and higher satisfaction. And we, you know, we really believe that Twitter is the best place in the world to do customer service, both as a business and as a user, uh, customer trying to get help. Uh, and we're going to keep making it better. So um, we really hope that you um, take to Twitter to help your customers because they're already there asking for your help. And we really hope that you take to the new tools that we put out to make it easier for both you and your customers. And let's mention one of those tools, which is a book that you can download called Customer Service on Twitter. And how can they yeah, download so, it? Yeah, we, we created a playbook uh, with best practices for doing customer service on Twitter. Uh, and if you go to t.co, t.co slash customer service, you can get the digital version of the playbook. 
Uh, and if you want a physical version of the playbook, you can DM me at Jeff Lesser, and I'd be happy to ship you out a physical version of the playbook. Wow. And you'll sign it for them, too. You'll get the whole management team to <laughs> sign it. <laughs> That's a great offer. So, Jeff, Thank you very much. Yeah, and you were the first person to ever ask me to sign a book. Um, so thank you for that honor. And yes, <laughs> if anyone wants me to sign a book, I'll write you a little note. Awesome. Jeff, you are amazing, and that's why we call this Amazing Business Radio. I really appreciate you taking the time, sharing us, uh, sharing with us the great tips. The one thing, you know what, I, I, we've got to mention this because this is really important. There is, uh, we talked about the ability to go and eliminate the following side and direct message, but the other thing is, and, and I know we're going over time, but this is worth it, the surveys. Uh, you, the second application uh, that I think is really important for companies to know about, aside from you know being able to DM, is to uh, get a quick net promoter score type of survey or a CSAT score. Uh, and I think that's a really important piece of it is getting customer feedback immediately once they've resolved the issue. Yeah, we released a new feature called customer service this year, or customer feedback this year, excuse me. And uh, what customer feedback enables is for businesses to send a CSAT or an MPS question after an interaction to the user so that they can measure the effectiveness and the efficiency of their customer service on Twitter. Uh, and this was really difficult to do previously, and, and we heard from many businesses that they wanted a way to measure and improve. Uh, and so we were really excited to, to launch that this year and give that to them. I think that's powerful, and I think that just emphasizes more and more that it's not like Twitter saying, hey, just use us for customer service. It's Twitter saying, use us because we are creating a forum, uh, a channel that is really specific to be used for customer service. We're giving you tools. And uh, the best part about it is it's Twitter, and everybody loves Twitter. Well, my name's Shep Hyken, and we've been talking with Jeff Lesser. This is Amazing Business Radio, and we'll see you next week for another great episode, another great idea and a learning opportunity all about how to be amazing when it comes to the customer experience. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.